Hello, you great big internet world. Welcome to Nitwig, the podcast about friends. And yes, video games. Today is a very special episode. We've, uh, we've come together to talk about gaming burnout. A, uh, a terrifying affliction that affects gamers every day. How does it get started? What are the symptoms? How can you help? We're going to tell you in just a second. But just so you know, my name's Drew Fasciano, and a fun fact about myself, I would like to name my personal mech Bluebird. And that's what I got. Bluebird? Bluebird. It would be a big blue mech with a big red dot on it and a big old sword. And it would be kind of like Wing Zero, but not. And wow. Mechas for me is very Gundam, so lots of angles, uh-huh. lots of angles. But because it's a fun, kind of cute name, people are like, whoa, Bluebird. And I'm like, yeah, now you're dead. It's a, it's the gotcha. It's the gotcha. It's the gotcha. I see. They'd, they'd never see it coming that Bluebird is coming to get them. Well, yeah, it's just like, what's that true. in the sky? Oh, shit, a Bluebird. But it's a massive fucking mech it, that's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuts over to a Bluebird sitting on Bluebird. Yeah, exactly. Ah, Exactly. Although the the, right. the bluebird on bluebird would be very very small. When you say it like that, it just sounds weird. <laughs> oh man, this is some bluebirdception shit. <laughs> oh my god, some of the birds. <laughs> Adam, are you sure it's a mech and not just a collection of birds? <gasps> that's the that's Love the that. that's the trick. It's it's like a legion robot. It's all these tiny little robots that come together to form a mech around me, and that's why it's bluebird. Oh, okay, well that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Hello, everybody. My name is Adam, uh, and the name for my hypothetical mecha is... mm, mm, You know, I'm thinking of what angle I want to go with this, because there's a lot. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I still think the coolest one is Gypsy Danger, but that's been hella taken. You can't do that. (laughs) It already exists. You can't can't steal. I know, but like... (laughs) It's like the coolest one. It's a very I agree. cool name. I totally agree, but you can't do it. Uh, I know, I'm thinking. Alright, come back to me. Go to the third person. Okay. Uh, hi there, my name is Zach. And hi, Zach. If I, if I got to have a mecha, I'd probably... So this was really hard for me. I had a hard time coming up with the name, but I have one. It is Green Mead. G- Green Mead? Green Mead? Yes. Okay. The idea... So... so I like the idea of having a mecha that can sort of transform into sort of like a grounded form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it has sort of like a stationary mode where it can sort of like lob things out. Right. And I just, I like the name Green Mead. Okay, I'll take that. Um, I've never had can, Green it can basically, Mead. It would be colored green. It could almost turn into a hill. Oh. It just becomes, <laughs> becomes the terrain. But does it does See, it... <laughs> for whatever reason, I keep thinking that it's just like a glass of mead. That's what uh, I'm thinking. Somebody happens to put like food coloring in. Nah. Like some St. Patrick's nah. Day mead. I just oh, I like it. I like that idea for a mecca. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. But only if you have meat on tap in some weird roundabout way. I feel like that would really seal the deal. You I feel like there would be there would be there would be like uh some some sort of container with a bunch of mead in it. Yes. Or maybe it's powered by mead. It's powered by, like, this giant vat of boiling mead. (laughs) That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. (laughs) All right, so we got got a mecha made of birds, a mecha made of mead that has a super cool ground form, but we're missing one more mecha before we turn into... I know, but you told me you just wanted a name. If you wanted a whole mecha, I could be here for hours. Just go with Uh, the name uh, and let it build. If I had a name, the only way I could think of is, like, Probably because I'm looking at a red mech right now. We're going to go with Crimson Crusader. Hey, look at that. We're RGB. We are RGB. Hell yeah. Wow. Guys. We did it. Guys, we're so cool. We're so cool. Well, I mean, wait, 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 wait. Adam, what's your favorite color? 
Probably like green or red. Drew, what's your favorite color? Typically red. Typically red. All right. And mine, oh wait, mine's green. Wait a second. There's no yeah. blue in here. Drew. Well, no, I'm the bluebird. It'll be blue a blue bird. mech with a big red yeah. dot because I believe in color theory, Zach. I guess. Wow. Look at that color theory. That's right. That's yeah. right. You got all that hey, common Hey, listen, blue. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, well, okay. I, mm-hmm. I am, I, t- I turned my mech into a siege tank. I you guess. Sure did. I mean, and it's like, like I, I just turned mine into a piece of terrain. So you know. Uh, it sounds like you turned yours into a spiked drink. <sighs> festive. <laughs> a festive drink, indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, you can only pilot green mead on St. Patrick's Day. Oh even my God. The only thing that's related is that it's green and St. Patrick's Day. Oh, guys, guys, I have to tell you, I'm getting a little burnt out on this conversation. You're right. Uh, conversation was about our conversation. Is getting me tired of this. I can't even bear to think about it anymore. Well, Adam, what if what if we so talked ta- about something else? So today <laughs> we're going to talk about something that affects most people down in the pit of their soul. It's their love for the game series Burnout. Mm. Burnout is a fantastic <laughs> car racing game. Oh, oh, no, that Adam. Good. That was good. I like it. No, mm, it's not why we're here. It's not it's why not. we're here at all. No. Adam, I also like I Burnout. I just want to say. Adam, okay, do you want to know why we're really burnout? here? We're here to talk about gaming burnout. Um, the idea being, from time to time, we run into games um, that we are loving, we're digging, and then we're not. Maybe we've played them too much. Maybe we're just burnt out on games in general. It's just that time during everyone's cycle, everyone's life, when they're just like, man, fuck this. And they go off and they do something else. And maybe they, they look at a butterfly and they come back. And hopefully they are no longer burnt out on games or a game. And that was the theme. That's what we we're going to talk about. I thought, unless we want to go back to mechs, unless we want to go back to mechs, mechs are a thing I, too. I think we're good. I think we're good. We let's move on to burnout. For later. Okay. Okay, then. Then let's get ahead. Let's get going with game and burnout. And um, let's open it up with y'all. What do you guys consider to be game and burnout? And the follow-up question being, what are your experiences with game and burnout? Pretty straightforward. Pretty, 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 pretty open-ended. So kind of when we, we pitched this idea, it was kind of this thought of, because I feel like everybody kind of goes through this cycle with a hobby, because you can be like really into one for a while. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, if you like, sometimes it's just kind of like Drew said, if you're doing it too much, or maybe things have become kind of stale and nothing's really changed, you kind of get burnt out on it, or you're like, you know, this really isn't as fun as I was, as it used to be kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of what the core of this episode was. Uh, for me, I've gone through a couple different fa- uh not like full-on phases with like gaming entirely, though I guess a couple times. Uh, but mine's mostly been more about from particular games that I've been like playing for a long time or was really into, and then kind of just like over time was like, you know, I'm I think I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we kind of talked about some similar stuff before with like backlog with like our backlog stuff, but this is primarily uh, the, or like games that we were gonna get around to, but th- this is primarily like you're playing it for just whatever and for whatever reason it was like eh, I'm kind of done. Yeah, yeah, not so much like oh I should get to that, but I never will, or oh you know I've been wanting to do that, but more like this this has just become this is something you've experienced, you've done a whole lot with it, and something who knows what pops up, and you just can't you can't you can't do it you can't you got to throw the paper in the air run out the mm. window and, and punch a stranger in the face you know what i mean yeah 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 and i feel like it'll become more obvious when we get into like kind of the examples portion of it uh, mm-hmm. zach did you have anything to add on that uh no you guys you all covered it all right 
Well then, why don't we why don't we just get started and, and find out? You know, we're all here, we're all friends, no judgment. Um, what's your experience? Oh, no. What's your experience with game and burnout? Was there has there been a game in your life that you just couldn't 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 bother to do anything with? I mean, or a, yeah. mm-hmm. I I can't buy Halo games anymore because I don't care. Oh. Okay, let's talk about that. Like, you're, you're burnt uh, out you, on Halo. I I think you you probably talked about Halo. this before. I have, I've talked about the series as a whole, and I am sort of just burnt out on the Halo series. Well, Zach, how about it's, this? It's kind of like, could, could you I tell played us them... the moments or the time when it just became a burnout for you? Like, when did you just say, I'm, you know, I'm I, done? I actually started noticing the burnout in the lead up to Halo 3. Really? Um, I was going to say, Zach, if you said, I noticed it in the middle of uh, Halo 1, that I was just going to be done with this. <laughs> right, yeah, no, no, no. I, I was really hype on Halo 1. I was really hype on Halo 2. Um, and then I think in the Halo, the lead up to Halo 3, I felt like I didn't have as much energy in the series. Mm-hmm. That it was just going to like, oh, it's a, it's a Halo game. I'm going to enjoy it, obviously, but it's, it's just going to be another Halo game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after that, I... I liked, you know, I liked the games, but I wasn't particularly interested in them. Um, and I remember thinking, like, it's just sort of more of the same in certain ways. And it mm. just, it didn't catch my interest as much. Hmm. Was it just that the game was like that? Or do you think it was like, because I remember in a, in a previous one when you told us about Halo, you were following a lot of, like, kind of the build-up to yeah. Halo 3. Do yeah, you think yeah. it was kind of like a, a hype build, a burnout, where it's like, all this excitement, all this like looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I think that for the lead up to Halo Three because once I played it, I actually quite enjoyed it and I've played quite a bit of it. Um, and then I, you know, I sort of stopped and, and did other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like I, I especially after Halo Three is I just sort of I liked Halo, but I just didn't feel the need to go out and get Halo games or mm-hmm. really deeply invest myself in the series. And then like Halo Four came out, and I'm like, whatever, it's trash. I don't care anymore. Whoa. I just sort of it, it's sort of like a slow losing interest over time sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go as far as you to say, say four Jack? was trash, but I can definitely say it's not the OG trilogy. It definitely feels very different. And I could see yeah. someone mm-hmm. saying, like, why I don't I don't know if I need this this weird like floaty wizard shit all of a sudden. But yeah. yeah. I will I do think uh, the campaign or not the campaign, the um the advertising we... for Halo became way overblown. I Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say and this is kind of why I was asking Zach if, about the lead up in particular, because uh, just to kind of recap, Halo 2 ends on this big cliffhanger and then Halo 3 yeah. is for the entirety of its advertisement is being poised as this is it. This is the end of Halo. Yeah. Like this is the end of the story. And it was all this build up, all this hype getting people excited. And I'm kind of wondering if people kind of got burnt out on it because like Halo 3 was supposed to offer a whole, like a whole bunch of closure. And for a bunch of people, it did. And then trying right. to get like all that hype built back up for four. It's just like, no, like I already, yeah, the we, thing was done. They, they, yeah, they had played kind of, their trump card of this is the end. And once you do that, you can't really go back and say, yeah, and it's oh true. no. <laughs> Which is why, by the way, um, like ODST and Reach both came out after Halo 3. And I was fine with those mm-hmm. games. Like I, I didn't oh, have yeah. any problems with those because they weren't the Master Chief story. They were somebody else's story that happened in the past or something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, but then Halo 4 comes out and I'm like, I don't care. Like the story is over. Go away. Yeah. Actually, do, do you think if 4 had been about a different Spartan that it would have worked better for you? Because I know they tried that with 5. They tried to bring in this new character. Um, I just don't know how well that panned out or if they're going to continue with it. They had like some kind of split story thing going on. I would prefer if they had just started with a new character. Oh. Um, yeah. And if they had like 
maybe change some nah i think just calling it halo 4 would have been fine because it's a new it's a new character story it's a new trilogy essentially yeah Yeah. um i could see it working with like and again to kind of make sure we focus on the burnout part i could see it being like if master chief were still there but you're following a new person to kind of get people excited for who is this new person and then like at the very end it's like oh I've seen this all before, and Master Chief walks out, and you're like, it's him! Yeah, Yeah, no, I get that. But, like, I feel like that should have been, like, bringing back the Master Chief should have been a different character, you know? Mm. Like, because, again, like, Halo 3 is the end of the story. If the Master Chief shows up again, it is to be a guest on someone else's story. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to talk about the burnout part, was it just, like, when you felt you were kind of burnt out, did it kind of... I guess sour your opinion of all of the other games afterwards. Yeah, I, I think like... in a significant way. Like I burned out on the Halo series, and I just didn't have a great opinion of them anymore. And then after Guilty uh, Three Studio Three Four Three picked it up, I was like, okay, well, Bungie's not on it anymore. I don't care. <laughs> like I really just stopped caring after Bungie left the Halo series. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. You didn't have because I thought Three Four Three was made of some people from Bungie, but it was like it's... kind of like a split. There was it's some kind mostly of an independent Microsoft studio. Mm. yeah yeah okay well that makes sense then yeah Yeah. well i mean it's interesting Mm. that you brought up like because that's like one kind of burnout like the kind of hey i'm getting excited all right i'm done wait no there's more ah damn it yeah (laughs) i I actually can't think of a series that kind of like like blew themselves up as much as halo did like i thought three was great i actually really liked three. Oh yeah it's a great game like no no (laughs) doubt like i i very much enjoyed playing it and i played it a lot um it's just after i finished that game I was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> well, I mean, like, even with ODST and Reach, I did have the sense of, like, no, you straight up, like, advertised the apocalypse and, like, the end right. of days with this but game. But again, I, I, I did, and, and I get that, but I'm also like, yeah, but it's not the Chief's story. It's somebody else's story. Yeah, it's fair, it's fair, yeah. it's fair. Which is why I was always, I was like, okay with that. And that's mm. why Halo 4 to me is an abomination. Well, because, like, you're all into the lore, like, much more so than I am. I am. Like, I... We had wonderfully long discussion about halo 4 because i didn't play it and then you did and i was like oh no yeah yeah i actually <laughs> well, would love we, you uh, to move oh. on to a oh I can yeah, yeah. I, can, I can go i can go um yeah. so i've got something i've got something pretty tragic to tell you guys oh um, no i'm burnt out as hell on anything to do with sonic games i uh <gasps> oh no i just what? can't i just the cycle broke me i can't I can't have faith in them anymore. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, the Sonic cycle is Sonic game comes out or Sonic game is promoted and it looks just good enough to not be terrible. Like the last hundred <laughs> games they've made. <laughs> and then you, you hope and you pray and you sit down and you just think, what if, what if they actually put some money into this and, and, and beta tested it and debugged it and made it good. And then it gets released and the internet finds out it sucks. Like it always did. And I can never. I can't do it anymore. I, I as a young lad, I I was always into the speed and the jumpies and the loops. But um, goddamn, there's just no point anymore. Like I I, I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Would this be the same? This kind of sounds like the same kind of hype burnout that Zach was talking. No. Where you, you kind of get like built up for a game. It comes out. It's disappointing, and it's like. I've done this so many times. I'm out. I'm out. You're just kind of disappointed in the game now. I don't know I, if I can call it No, no, no. What I, I, yeah, I agree. It, it's disappointment burnout. What it seems to me is like, um, you're like, this is going to be good. And then it's not. And then it's not. And then it's not. And then it's not. And you just are like, you know, you just get a trained reaction to it. You see a new Sonic game and you're like, it's going to be bad. How about, how about I or give you, because I, I feel like. Good. 
I feel like this is something that needs to be expressed if I'm going to go down this route. Um, my history with Sonic. Adventure 1. First Dreamcast game. Oh my god, this is so cool. Look at that fucking whale in the water and oh my god. Sonic Adventure 2. Whoa, it's super dark and edgy for a 10-year-old Drew. That's the really cool. And best <laughs> game ever made by a Sonic team. Um, um uh, that last qualifier saves you, but it is uh <laughs> I, I replayed it recently on my PC and I was like, oh, this does not hold up very well at all. Oh no! no! <laughs> Shut up! Ten-year-old Adam will hear none of this. Oh, like some oh, of boy. it does, but other bits I'm like, oh man. Wait, how I, old is that game? It, it, it's more than ten years. I think it came out in like two thousand, like two thousand, two thousand one. Ten old. years, oh, guys, guys. Two thousand ten years ago is two thousand eight. I know, I know, and it's older than that. Like, but it's weird for me to adapt to. Oh, it's old. It's more than ten years because it's like. What, I'm, what we're saying is, it's quite possible we could take Sonic Adventure Two out for drinking and ask it, "What happened? What happened?" <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, you could, you could. Because um, as far as I'm concerned, that was the high point of the 3D series. Um, after that, a few uh, remakes later on the GameCube, and I'm sad. Uh, Sonic Heroes surprises me. Um, Shadow of the Hedgehog hurts me emotionally. Um, <laughs> physically, it's the one where Edgelord's Shadow Man, not Vegeta, is picks up all the weapons and you find out he is an alien from space. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, spoilers, I'm sorry. Hey, Drew. I'm gonna try. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I am. I'm stopping. I'm gonna stop it. Um, just like Sonic. You just stop fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what the sad thing is i have to admit maybe he was never that good maybe just maybe i was a 10 year old kid who liked zippy colors and pretty lights it's entirely possible i, I, actually, I, I believe i think i think there's a point where sonic was good but i to kind of go to build off a point you made um, mm -hmm. there is a cycle with sonic games where it's like game comes out all the fans are trying to justify how good it is because like they were promised like this is going to be the one it's not as good. You start, they start like kind of murdering the previous game. New game gets announced. Everybody says, okay, this is going to be the one. The previous game sucked and it just kind of rolls its way out. Like kind of mm. deal. To be fair, Generations oh, wow. was good. I like Generations be because they were basically just remaking old levels, uh, but mm -hmm. really pretty. Like, like that was chill. That was cool. But then, so, then immediately after we get Sonic Boom, the, the beloved... You know, media you know experience what about that is that the game is terrible but the show is actually pretty fun i know wow <laughs> i've seen the youtubes um, like that's the weird thing like i don't know sonic so you could do an entire episode on sonic boom like just because of how bizarre it is but yeah i think there is a burnout in just kind of constant disappointment where you're constantly like and i'm trying to think if that's like a self-inflicted one or if that's like because like you're like getting yourself built like built it's up almost like stockholm syndrome honestly like like you <laughs> like what? i uh, i'm saying it's almost like stockholm syndrome in the sense that like uh. i've had this thing since i was very tiny um i really always want it to be you know even if i'm not gonna play it even if i'm not like the target like i want it to not be terrible i want it to be like decent and you, you just kind of sit and hope and oh it's not that bad they're not that bad you know whatever it's not that bad it's fine it's fine mm -hmm. it's fine but it's not um <laughs> And oh, I'm going to stop because this is getting weird. Adam, give me give me an example of a time when you got burnt out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have a couple examples uh, that I have, but I, I'll just pick one for right now. Um, 
I actually went through a really long period of being like super burnt out on the Soul series. Like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, and I, I feel I've talked about this before, but basically, what happens is uh, when I I usually play the Souls games much slower than most people because I like to go poke around and do all these things, and I usually play them in small bites. Um, there was a point in time where the Souls games were actually coming out at like a kind of incredibly fast clip, where it was like dark souls 2 then like a couple months later here's the expansion and another expansion another expansion now mm. bloodborne now bloodborne expansion now dark souls 3 um and i think because a combination of me kind of playing him a bit slower and, or and then just so many coming out i kind of got burnt out on it around the time i was fighting um i know i've told this story about fighting orphan of cost being like super frustrated because my my uh build wasn't working and i would have to like grind regrind to respec it and it was about at that time that I was like, you know what? I think I'm actually done with this series because I've been playing nothing but this kind of game for the past year and a half mm. um, because I wanted to I wanted to beat it. Um, mm -hmm. And there was there was a post I made on Facebook at one point. And I distinctly remember this because Drew and I had a small conversation on it of when do you consider a game completed? Um, right. Just like, you know, when can you pick an end point? And it was just like, man, I feel like these games just keep going. And even though they're the same ones, and even though I still like love Bloodborne, I, I think it was during that game that I was like, I think I'm kind of done with this series. Which mm. is why it actually took me many, many months to even bother picking up 3. And then when I heard that 3 is a bunch of rehashed like, concepts again, it's like, uh. So, I mean, I heard I heard Dark Souls 3 was pretty good. I mean, I... I... So, so to, to give an example, I'm, I'm streaming Dark Souls 3 for basically Ian's benefit. But uh, every, you know... On many many occasions, I have walked past something that, like, since I haven't really played, I've I've like seen a lot of one, and I've uh, and I haven't even touched two. Uh, and so I'll be playing sometimes, and I'll turn and I'll look at something, or like I'll look at a situation, or something will happen, and either I turn to Ian and go like, "What is this?" or Ian goes like, "Oh, that's from Dark Souls Two. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it happens a <Yeah>. lot." <laughs> but. And that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is just like, it wasn't so much like a hype burnout and I wasn't necessarily disappointed on it. It was more that it was just like, all right, this is the same thing. It's kind of getting stale. If, if that's kind of why I was getting burnt out on yeah. it. It always kind of bothered me because, uh, and I feel like this is kind of a portion of any kind of burnout. You kind of look at somebody else playing that same game that you're kind of burnt out on and they're enjoying themselves. It's like, man, why can't I be having that much fun? I'm so tired of this. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Uh, we had uh, a couple of our mutual friends, Josh and Drew, both really like the Soul series. Josh loves that series to death. Uh, Are you kidding me? They play Dark Souls one and they troll people. Like I know, and they love it. And I'm like looking, and it's like I don't know how you guys like stick with like this one kind of game for so long because I like played it for like a year straight and it was like I am so done. Yeah, I admit I I would also be I, I would be equally levels of done with you in Dark Souls one. I do enjoy watching him though. I enjoy oh, watching them. And that's do the this weird shit. thing. It's fun to watch, but like when I was playing, it's like, oh, I gotta do this again. Oh, it's this kind of, it's this thing again. Too familiar. Um, it's too familiar for you, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, you almost kind of see the the tricks, and mm. once you kind of know like some of the underlying mechanics of the Soul series, it's like, all right, uh, pull the curtains down. I know what's happening. Wizard, just flip the switch. Give me my like, give me my Soul Stone or something. Mm. Stuff like that. And that, yeah. I think that's kind of why I got burned on it. Um, admittedly i was still having fun when i was playing uh when i was playing ds3 i was actually having more fun um just because they did try some new stuff and the mechanics are there 
Mm-hmm. But I, I can never get back into it the way I originally was, just because I had that moment of like I literally put the controller down and walked away from the game, like I'm done, I'm I'm out. Okay, that's when you know. That's when you know you need a break at least. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I actually, I I kind of want to use that as a bridge into my next one. Are we mm-hmm. good on the Dark Souls? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I'm good on mine. Okay. Um, because that bridges really nicely into uh uh for me and basically every Elder Scrolls game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, yeah, they're the mainline ones. About this move for. Um, so I played a lot of Oblivion and I played a lot of Skyrim, like a lot, a lot of Skyrim. Um, and I think I like I. I played it and I ran through like all the quests and I had a grand old time. Uh, I just, I want to take a side note to talk about the character I played through most of Skyrim, which was the tallest possible half, like the tallest possible uh, high uh-huh. elf. And I also made him the brawniest possible high elf. Mm-hmm. So he was just this like utterly gigantic yellow elf man mm-hmm. uh, because Altmer are basically yellow. And. Like, I had, like, spells in one hand and a sword in the other one, and I just, it was so much fun to just jollily run through things and be like, huzzah! Whoop-a-doo! And it was, it was very enjoyable, and I, I played, like, a second character that was also really enjoyable. But, hmm. uh, I just, you played enough to get to the point where you're like, I know all the motions, so none of this is novel to me. And I, it's something that I've noticed that, like, even when I add things like mods to the game, even when I add new quest mods to the game, which should be more novel content, um, I find myself feeling bored while playing it. Mm. Like, mildly amused, but, like, not terribly invested. Yeah, that's kind of that's almost exactly the same kind of feeling I was getting at some point where I was like, mm. all right, I, I, know where it's, I know kind of where this is going. Yeah, like, I get to about 200 hours into skyrim and no amount of mods can get me interested in that game mm-hmm. uh and that's that's just what happens like it's not like civilization for me which i could i kind of got i had a burnout thing with that but uh where like i pumped like a thousand hours into that game it could keep going from now until the end of time um it's it's much more of like i understand how this game works and it is no longer interesting to me Mm. Well, that's yeah. kind of like Adams then, where you yeah. kind of mastered that's it to I... a point of like, what's the point? That's oh, and, and that's I'm what I was even... saying. It was a bridge. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where where Zach may have mastered. I'm not saying I had mastery of the game. It was more from just the for my example. It was like the experiences that I was going through were kind of like, oh, it's this again. Now, again, somebody's going to be in the comments or email me or somebody say, oh, but Dark Souls Three has this thing or you know this thing is completely new. It's like, yeah, but. To kind of also tangent, um, a lot of my burnout with Soul Series is when I started getting really interested in some of the sort, like the stuff Miyazaki like was inspired by, and mm. then it becomes even less of a surprise. Uh. Like, oh, it's that! It's it's literally that. I, and I've made no judgment of like like small motion of like, oh hey, if you've read Berserk, you kind of will know where Dark Souls is gonna go. Hmm. Um, I still need to do that. I still need to check out this. I need to as well, but it's also fucking gigantic. <sighs> um yeah drew do you have any other uh, examples of a time you were burnt out on a game i do i do zach if you're if you're done i'll, yeah. I'll take it All yeah right. yeah i'm pretty much done with mine so you guys probably know this but i i don't play a lot of overwatch anymore i don't think i've played that game in half a year by oh, now man yeah <laughs> it's been quite some time yeah so, and and uh-huh. what's 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 strange about it is like all of my friends seem to be on it it's 
hot right now. It's active, it has new content all the time, and I think that's part of why I got burnt out on it. Uh, I think it's a game where at this point there's too much going on. Like it almost feels mm -hmm. like sensory overload. Like I can't just turn on and get into a game. I, uh, I turn on a game and here's a thousand skins and oh, here's this new change up that's happened. And oh, by the way, like... here's a thousand new maps. Like I can't get into a nice calm cadence. Uh, I remember I always I always compare it to TF2 and that's a bit unfair, but it, it, games of that era where I turn right. it on and I can kind of just like, if I don't want to do something competitive, if I don't want to do something extreme, I can, you know, I can just chill. And I think mm -hmm. with Overwatch, as awesome as it is, as well-crafted an experience as a game as it is, um, mm -hmm. I, I just got to a point where it's like, you know, I... I could keep up, but I don't want to, you know, like, it, yeah, it seems I, like I it's... totally get that. Yeah, I, I almost feel it's... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say it's almost kind of what I was talking about last time. Um, when we talked about games we wanted to get into and I was mm -hmm. talking about Final Fantasy 14, where it's just like, I want to get into this, but there's just so much that I feel I'd have to like catch up on that. It's like that takes effort. Mm -hmm. and it I think does. that's it. I think Drew, you're describing a, like almost like a catching up kind of burnout where it's like, I used to be in this game. I took a break for whatever reason. And now there's so much crap. I don't even know what, what I'm doing anymore. Yeah. Like if I yeah. go in exactly. now, like every, mm -hmm. as far as I know, if things have been rebalanced a ton, there are new characters and that's all great. Like theoretically on paper, that would be what I would want from a game is, you know, it's growing and changing and all these great new things are happening, but mm -hmm. it, it's just a little exhausting to be honest with you. Like I, well, <laughs> i don't know that that's just kind of where i'm at with it I, I played it i loved it i think it's a beautifully made thing and it's it just doesn't fit for me anymore and let i, I consider in. that burnout i consider that burnout oh i do too uh let me jump in and also say that my next example is also overwatch what oh. i thought um, you were still hot on that so i'm in this weird position with overwatch um and it's actually really surprising you brought it up as like a you're burnt out on it because like you'd feel like you'd have to catch up on it kind of mm -hmm. deal where i'm almost getting i'm kind of burnt out on it again because the additions they make don't really i feel like change up as much like it's becoming it's to go back to my souls one it's kind of becoming stale where i kind of know what all is going to happen um hmm. and i'm trying to figure out i'm trying to figure out a way to quantify this so a lot of overwatch being a very competitive game means there's always like stuff to learn and kind of figure out and that's that should be one of its big draws but one of the things that's kind of getting me right now is that a lot of the characters are going through these major reworks where it's like this character does not play at all like i remember them playing or, yeah Ugh. and even though i've kept up with the game like you know drew i actually feel really i would feel really bad if you jumped into a game with us right now because mm -hmm of how much we would have to stop and be like, oh, by the way, Symmetra works like this, or Torbjorn does this, or this character does this now, um, where it's almost like there's just so much going on, and mm -hmm. they keep changing little things here or there, or certain interactions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's weird. I'm hoping... Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, uh, I was going to say, and like, if, if you're caught up, I'm sure it doesn't feel that drastic, right? Like, you're in it, you're saying... Uh, oh, it's you know, pretty they drastic. Okay. Oh. Symmetra's rework was pretty massive, and so is Torbjorn's. Yeah. Okay. Like it's weird because, examples. Drew, on the one hand, some characters haven't changed at all, and some characters are entirely different. You mean like and... how Tracer never changes? Well, yeah, Tracer never changes. Never changes. I thought they changed her pulse Tracer, bomb. You know what? Tracer, like the war, bomb. they oh. did. They changed the damage on the pulse bomb. So That's pretty much to it. to go back... That actually would be a different kind of burnout for you, Drew, where Tracer would never change, and you only play Tracer. So if you ever got bored of playing that playstyle of tra Tracer, mm -hmm. that's too bad. That's it. 
where other characters are like hey i used to do this i do this now it's like oh yeah now you have to go relearn how to play the character and i can't play the character all my experience playing this particular style that doesn't work anymore yeah uh, in your case you're because you said you were burnt out because it feels too samey but now you're saying it's not i'm just trying to get an understanding of why you're getting a little tired of it yeah let let me try to encapsulate the entirety of what i'm saying and it's gonna some of it will sound contradictory whatnot um i play this game a lot i play a lot of overwatch almost primarily because i play overwatch almost as a social game at this point it is that's exactly what it is same for me like or no i take that back i will play it solo (laughs) yeah well so zach i know and i'm I'm hoping you'll kind of join in this because i I kind of be interested in your take too is that uh, sometimes i want to be competitive in overwatch and i want to do well um but sometimes but most of the time i'm kind of just using it as a fun thing to do with some friends and Mm -hmm. what kind of gets me is that this is a kind of burnout that i'm not sure how to qualify because one uh, like when events come like the big events they're always the same event and it's like yeah that was junkenstein's again like yeah zach you know junkenstein although although junkenstein's this year junkenstein's on a different map but yeah it is a junkenstein's again Right, but it's like, remember when Uprising came out and it was the cool PvE event? And it was like, this it is was. cool, this is new. Like, this is, like, do all these different points and there's story to it. Mm-hmm. And this, and like, so some of the events... Don't, get me, don't get me started on the, the, the lack of story content in Overwatch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. We won't go down that road. We ain't going down that rabbit hole. Um, and another part of my burnout is I almost don't really like the way Blizzard is handling the balance or how they're, like, changing some of the characters, which is leaving this burnout where it's just like i really don't like how some of the characters play and i drew that kind of goes back to my thing of like characters have changed so much that like it almost feels kind of obnoxious dealing with some of them like uh can you give me an example because i feel like i know what you're saying but i don't quite i'm not 100 percent on it like right. it... so so you know how torbjorn plays yeah yeah or how he used to play where how he, he used would to drop play, yeah. sentries and mm-hmm. you would hit them and it was like a simplified version right. of the engineer yeah yes um so they've changed torbjorn so that instead of just dropping it sort of like laying out a plan and putting it down somewhere you mm-hmm. throw out it instead and it builds itself up to level two mm-hmm. like it's just automatically a level two turret there's no level one version anymore basically uh, um, so where's where's the and then okay. uh the gun where's... got a got like a small change and then uh his, you know his alt where he turns into a big scary torbjorn yeah he's, yes he he uh that's now one of his basic ability it's on a cooldown and it doesn't turn your turret into the the like massive high damage level three turret or does mm-hmm. it i don't think it does no um and so and then uh the alt has been changed to uh it's still called molten core but now it actually, honestly, I think it, this makes more sense as something called Molten Core, is you sort of spray out an area and cover it with lava and anybody who steps on the area takes damage. So, okay. I have the, a lot. The kind of thing like this, Drew, is that like that whole concept of there being a character who is a builder mm-hmm. is now kind of gone because yeah. Overwatch in general um, is becoming more about crowd control and aggression rather than actually being feeling like being able to play defensive mm. and if i'm if i'm what i'm trying to say in so many words is i'm getting burnt out because it's like they keep changing everything like they keep going back and forth on this and that should be good to like get the meta but i feel like blizzard is actually almost too reactionary and sometimes where it's mm. like here's this thing and instead of letting people play around it it like swings drastically to the other side and it gets very frustrating in this game 
and I, I've had that happen to me, and I know a lot of people talk. Like Zach can also probably vouch for our group. It's like it yeah. kind of just gets frustrating where you're kind of getting bounced around more than actually playing the game by everybody's new crowd control ability. Oh. So I well, wait but, a second. Wait a second, Adam. I'm I'm the guy. I am the guy in our playgroup who tells you all to stop complaining about this stuff. I know. <laughs> like, and that's why that's kind of why I was saying like, like, if you had any opinion on, but this is a personal opinion where like I'm kind of getting tired of everybody having crowd control. Yeah. Uh, basically, like, everybody in our play. All this shit. Every, everyone, everyone in our playgroup complains about there being too much crowd control. Um, and then Drew also complains about Hanzo being able to jump. Um, mm-hmm. which. On the list of things to be annoyed about, <laughs> mm. but just again, somewhere near the bottom. Is, Hanzo is the punching bag of Overwatch, as far as I can tell. It's, like, I mean, it's Drew's personal punching bag. Mm. But kind of what I'm saying, Zach, is it's not even so much like a to kind of keep it on the topic of like burning being burned right, right, right. It's more just that like all of these changes just happens all the time where it's kind of like i never feel like the game actually gets a chance to like settle into itself yeah and i mean that's and then and on a personal note i actually don't like that everybody had like there is a concept of mobility creep in overwatch and it feels like instead of trying new things the answer to make a character better is to give them mobility and it's like okay how do you make a character better i'll give them mobility it's like okay interesting that's kind of yeah. what it's going to be. I mean, that's that's what they did to Symmetra. That's uh, that's effectively what they did with Torbjorn by um, disassociating him with being right the fuck next to his turret. Um, yeah. I kind of, like, just to go over those two examples, I I, I actually really liked what they did with Torbjorn, even though well, it's like a new version. I actually just... think what they did with Torb is fine. Um, yeah, because, like, talking about before when, he couldn't like, fucking move. settling. <laughs> That that's totally why I I think that's part of it. It's just like part of like what kept me away. What keeps me away is like you know, like you said, it like doesn't seem like a game that has settled. It seems like it's still oh yeah trying yeah. to come into no. its yeah. own. And Overwatch really Overwatch wanna... is a game that will never actually settle. Like right, Blizzard yeah. is well known, especially in WoW, for making lots and lots of patches. Mm. Um, and so just, like just the so game know, is sort of destined really to go... change a lot. I don't really want to go down the whole rabbit hole of like <laughs> oh what should be balanced for Overwatch. It's just mm-hmm. in in terms of like a burnout thing it kind of gets to me um a bit stale when it's like if you want to win you're gonna run these same characters and it's gonna be this kind of comp again if you want to be effective because those characters don't have mobility hmm. so i still hmm. like the game i still i think it's probably still my most played if only because i like that my friends play it and i get to be social with them like i still yeah. have fun with the game it's just there's a part of me that's getting really tired of that game yeah, that's that's something that that comes up with me as well. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't play with you guys as much anymore. Oh, um, and that's partly a scheduling thing, but that's also partly because I'm like I have better things to do, <laughs> like hang out with your friends, than, than than to play Overwatch. Usually, it's to like plan session or something like that. But sometimes I'm just like I don't know. Yeah, just to, just to clarify, anymore. you have better things to do than like than play Overwatch, not hang out with friends, right? Yeah, no, hanging out with friends is a high priority for me. Okay, because just... the way that came out was like I have a better things to do than hang out with you losers. Like, oh damn, Zach. I mean, there's other things I'm that gonna, I like. I'm gonna edit this so that you sound like, as terrible as possible. Project, just so you know, there's there's. There's, like, projects that I work on and things that I want to make sure that I have ready to go, especially for, like, uh, like Wednesday sessions or things like that, that I will work on. Uh, other times, I'm, say, playing, like, say, like, City Skylines, trying out new games, things like that, because oh, yeah. I just I just want to get some variety in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, that's a weird thing. It's, for a game that's, like, so well-polished, it's, like, you almost, it's almost too much of a good thing, and then you get to the bot, it's, like, 
It's like a Sunday, all right? Oh, Overwatch boy. is like a Sunday. At the top, when you first got the Sunday, it was delicious and there were multiple layers and you're eating it and all of your friends had it. And as you get to the bottom, you're kind of just getting the weird melty bit and all of like the toppings that kind of <laughs> didn't really mesh well. So it's like, oh, this is just syrup and nuts down here. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That, all right. That's beautiful. I um, So I think I have a, a good example that talks about game, about coming back into a game though. Ooh. Well, okay. let's hear it. We want to talk let's, about this. Let's hear it. Let's um, hear it. Let's do it. And I am going to bring up specifically Final Fantasy XIV, oh. which I I had actually, I burned out on Final Fantasy XIV for the same reason that Tall Drew burned out on Overwatch, is mm-hmm. I, I don't play for a month or two. I, play, I don't play for a few months. And then I sort of like lose contact with game and then... A bunch of changes right, happen, right. and then I'm like, oh, I have to go catch up with all that stuff now. Like, gearing in that game is, like, soul-crushing to me. I kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's It sucks. Um, and so it's it's the sort of game that, like, I, God, I hate the gear grind. But in, and, and like, the dungeons themselves, too, I find them to be dodge the AoE a lot of the times. Um, and they can be fun and actually really interesting. But I actually find, like, for Final Fantasy XIV, I really like the story content, and I really like hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, like, I'll go out of fourteen, and this is always kind of in the case, because I'll, like, the mechanics just don't grab me as much. They're okay, but they don't they don't grab me very well. Um, but, oh, right, I also really like the dress-up aspect of fourteen. I fucking mm. love it. It's great. Fashion I get to dress as, like, as a sexy man. Um, fashion fantasy. Uh, fashion fantasy. Thank you. Um, and so how I can sort of get back into the game is one of those things sort of brings me back into it. It's like some friends sort of say, hey, come play with us. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll jump on and play. Um, or, or somebody goes like, you know, like, oh, new story content came out, and I go back on and play through the story content and get caught up with everything and and have a good time that way. And that's kind of how I can get back into sort of uh, back into the game is is uh, certain parts of it burn me out. But there's certain parts that I just I love absolutely under all circumstances, and I'll go run over to those aspects of it and play the hell out of that. And that's kind of how I can get back into that game. Uh, but yeah, that's... I just wanted to give an example like that. I mean, that's that is something like we have. If there's something new going on, you're like, oh yeah, I'll come back and try that. Or there's a particular kind of content that comes up. Yeah, exactly. It it'll be like it, it'll be that. And what really kind of cements me back into playing the game, especially with with social based games like uh, Overwatch or Final Fantasy fourteen, is being able to play it with a friend of yours, like. Mm-hmm. Playing Final Fantasy XIV with somebody who is, like, basically max level and close to max geared, and then having them just, like, play-by-play help me get caught up with my fucking gear in, like, the fastest way possible, so that way I can go play the, like, go play the fun story content that I wanted to play, um, get me caught up on the dungeons that I need to go do this other stuff. Like, that's actually, it's very fun when I'm doing it with friends, um, especially if you can get, like, a four-man in one of, like, the four-man dungeons. It's... It's great because then I get to play the game and maybe I'm not as invested in the mechanics, but then I just get to spend the dungeon shit talking um, yeah. and like having conversations with friends and things like that. And I think that's it, it, that's another way to sort of get back into the game is, is you make it a social thing. Yeah. Uh, 
I know we have a question here on like how to get back in. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to finish off, like any other experiences, Drew? Did you have any other examples like when you were burnt out? You know, I got a weird one that I just want to bring up because I've been thinking about it. Um, did either of you get bit by the DDR craze, or am I no. alone in that? No? I am st- I am terrible at dancing in any way, shape, or form. I could not do DDR to save my life. Well, you can still be I terrible at dancing and play DDR. I'll give you. I'll, I gotta say that. Like, I mean, they are I different. Might be alone on that, but like, because I didn't. My fancy uh, footwork ain't so fancy. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, um, I will put it like this: <clears throat> there was some glorious time in my youth when. Um, you know, I, I played DDR in the arcades. Uh, I had some friends who were really competitive with it and like, they would like, you know, just destroy me at that game. And I got really into it and I managed to get a home copy and it was actually how I got a PS2. Cause it was like this idea of like, Oh, well it's healthy. You'll be moving. That's, that's a healthy video game. Um, <laughs> it was not, <laughs> you know what? To tangent, to tangent. Um, mm-hmm. I did read an article the other day that somebody did lose a bunch of weight playing just DDR, like wow. his cardio. Oh no! So, it, I mean, it's, it's an it's incredible cardio. cardio workout if you if you stick to it. Like if you stick to it, it will burn out all your calories very very quickly. Um, mm. With with me, it almost became like too much of. Uh, I, I don't know how to put it. it like it became it was a lot of money for upkeep and by the time i like went off to college i just like i was ready to like lose that part of my life right like right i, I had the so I had like the, a, so, so like i would have the pads at home and we would burn them out really quickly because we you know we had these floors where they would slide around all the time so we ended up like taking cardboard and taping it to the back of the pad so they wouldn't slide around which was kind of cool. It kind of simulated mm. the way they felt in arcades, even though you could never quite get that real arcade feel because right. they're made of metal and they're all very like good unless you find one with a broken arrow and then everything sucks for everyone. Um, but, uh, you know, I was really into it. I, I was playing it like almost daily. I was like getting pretty good, honestly. Like I, um, I had a few songs that I really liked and it was just like really fun to like try the higher difficulties and get all the points like, for a game that's designed around arcades, their home version was, like, shockingly well put together. Like, there was so much, like, you know, like, grinding, but it's with your feet, so it's okay situation going on. Yeah, And, right. um, I, again, I think it was the combination of because it was a body workout and because it was also, like, a, you know, very in-your-face, you know, shiny lights, moving things, react, react, react. Like, it it became something where I would play it, and I would want to play it, and I would have reasons to play it, but I got burnt out because taking care of the pads was hard, having the right version was hard. Um, There were a ton of crappy knockoffs that, like, I did not want anything to do with, and Mm. by the end of it, it was just like, you know what? I don't know if I need this anymore. Uh, I don't know if I want to be doing this, and I went off to college. Uh, It's sort of, like, not worth the upkeep. Yeah, it's kind of like a financial burnout where it's like, I want to keep playing this, but in order to, I need to keep sinking money into it. And at some point it's like, I I don't want, it's not worth it to me to just keep trying to keep up with it. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of like it, it was something where it wasn't even just the finances. It was like, this costs money. Uh, it creates a huge mess every time you play it. Every time you're done, you gotta like, like by the time I was done, like you can play Overwatch for an hour and you're fine. If yeah. you play DDR at home for an hour, you need a shower afterwards. And <laughs> and I think maybe that element is why it stayed in the arcades. Because Confirm. if you bring it... <laughs> Drew hates taking showers and does not want to play DDR because he would have to shower more. Oh, Confirm. weirdest gaming complaint ever. <laughs> 
but you know what it was it was one detriment it was one extra layer of like ah oh, no. okay because it's like okay to, to kind of build on that it's not only a financial thing there's also a time sink in getting into the game and then getting out of the game which is a barrier to entry of like i could just turn on like a switch and play a game but if you want to play like ddr it's like you gotta put drag the pad out yeah and you know what the thing i gotta kick dad off the tv so stop watching football dad mm. i'm gonna play ddr then you're gonna play DDR. Then you gotta wait. go take a shower. Then, then you gotta come back. <laughs> wait, wait, guys, guys, I have the solution to this. What's the solution? You have a personal gym with a machine set up just to have DDR. But I still need to take a shower. I, I still need to have the oh, right. Oh, I can guarantee you too. I just that is how you do it. You have the well, so it's always out, always set up. You just turn it on and do DDR, and that's your cardio. Well, and let me tell you this. Do you really need a shower? Yes. Yeah, yeah, please, please, please shower. You need to please. shower. And you also can't play that. Like, I can play Bloodborne in my jammies. I can play it at any time of the day. You, you can't really play DDR at, like, 10 at night um, See, and then just go to sleep. Like, you really can't. It, it's, further, it's, it's so much. It's so yeah. much at once. Oh, yeah. To further up the uh, upkeep thing, there's also an element of, can you actually play this without disturbing others? Oh, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Because... <laughs> because i remember we had a DDR and we were oh, on the second man. floor of our apartment and that was no go there was there was a song in the version we had uh called sexy planet and like if <laughs> if you beat it on a high level you got something good but the problem was it, Drew, can it's... we clarify what that good thing was because my uh, mind went to the wrong place not that zach it's points okay. you get a lot of points to unlock new stuff new songs you you play the game to unlock new songs and all this other stuff and sexy planet <laughs> okay. had this weird trick of like you play it on hard difficulty you get a shitload of points it was it was effectively like uh what's the term like um something you like uh, you could farm it it was a song you could farm almost ah but like it also sounds very weird and kind of like you know yes 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 it was one of those anime filled songs where it's just like i really hope my parents aren't home right now (laughs) (laughs) this is not what i want in my life oh Um, man i just thought of an episode (laughs) awkward moments in games aka now that's what i call god i hope my parents don't walk in oh we have to do that um i'm gonna end (laughs) this um and just so so i'm clear i love ddr it's a beautiful thing i'm not telling anyone to not I'm just saying my particular experience, when the time came to put it away, I was I was ready. And yeah. that's where I'll leave it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, anyone, you got anything else, Mr. Adam? You got anything? I have, I have one, but it's more a concept that leads me getting burnt out on a variety of games rather than a particular one. Ooh. Oh. Uh, so that sounds good. I, I'm a kind of, I'm the kind of person that likes to play games to completion. I like to go, but more specifically, I like going and getting like all the little goodies and knickknacks everywhere in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's like that term completion of like, oh, get all, like get all the trophies or get all the items, get all the things. Uh, I kind of fall into that camp with, I'm going to go find all the little treasures here or there. So when a game has like a ton of those or has like, it can sometimes burn me out where it's like, oh God, I have, there's so many things I have to go get or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because that's like a self-imposed thing, but I want to do it kind of. It's weird because you kind of want to go out and do all the things, but then the amount of time you spent doing it can burn you out. And the example mm-hmm. I have would be Birth by Sleep. Um, I know we've talked about Kingdom Hearts before, and I'll talk about this one again just because this is the first time in a series that I had up to that point, like 100%ed and loved, where I just said, I'm kind of done. Where 
Birth by Sleep is essentially three full games in itself, and each of them has like all these collectibles. They have all their treasure chests, all their stuff, or like uh, keyblades, all the like different skills you can get. And I remember I spent so much time doing that for one person's campaign that when I finally completed it and moved on to the second one, and the game says, "Oh hey, this is like two out of three, and all three of them are about equal in like like goodies or knickknacks to get," mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh man, I." I can't do that again, like, so soon. And I, I just left it, and I never actually beat Birth by Sleep's uh, other... I got, through like, one and a half campaign. You just, uh, it, it was just so too we much. Bir- it was just too much. Yeah, it was, like... It's weird because it's something I wanted to do, or I liked getting all the knickknacks. And it's almost like a... Like, you guys know about the concept of FOMO, or fear of missing out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It's almost something like that when I'm playing certain games where there's this fear that, oh, I want to get all these things because I want to know, like, maybe this item will help me or this will change my experience with the game if I get this skill or something like that. Um, or And even sometimes there's a slight anxiety I get like, where it's like, oh, my God, there's so much crap. And how do you manage finding all these things? Like, mm-hmm. any game that will, like, Drew will know this. Metroid Fusion. You know how you know if you got all the things? You look at the damn map and the map says, oh, there's a thing here. Go get it. It doesn't tell you how. Go get it, though. And I almost love that version of it, where it's like, there's a thing there. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, though. But there is something there. So you almost like you almost don't waste your time burning yourself out on it because the game has instructed you, these are the important points to go to. Mm-hmm. So it's this kind of what I'd call a completionist burnout, where it's almost like mm-hmm. you almost burn yourself out on trying to find things or holding on to items that aren't there, either because you've put too much value on one thing or the game hasn't like properly told you here's what to focus on here's where to look and it's almost kind of why i started playing some games with a guide where it'd be like here go find this like these are the x y and z you should get those everything else is gravy and it's like okay i'll get yeah. x y and z everything so else for, is gravy so for you is it a matter of you like you like collecting but you like to you like to know when you're done with it. You don't want any surprises anymore. You're like, no, just, just like, it's it's a percentage bar, give it to me. Kind of, yeah. So, like, uh, Kingdom Hearts actually had a really good system where if you go into the map of, uh, of each of the worlds, there is a chest that you go in the treasure chest section, there is a checklist of mm-hmm. each of the treasure chests, and it will tell you the order in which you can get them, where to find them, and what was in them. So you'll literally know... Wow. Kingdom Hearts, however, is just fucking massive. And so, uh, and here's it, like, in triplicate. It's like, no, no, no. Fuck that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. You ever play, um, I, I don't know. I was playing Assassin's Creed uh, a long time ago. And very slowly and then very quickly, like, things you could, quote, do. Or, like, little fetch quests and side quests. Like, I had a map that just got polluted with tons of little bars saying, mm-hmm. here's a bunch of stuff you could do. And I know that's supposed to be a like benefit, that. but, like, I at some point it's just like what is all this this is busy work you know what i mean I, yeah and it's weird because like how do i put this it is artificial padding like a yeah. lot of these things are yeah. here's like a bunch like assassin's creed has a really good example of like uh here's all these feathers what do they do ah uh, who knows but you should get them and it's like why it's like you just, just, just get them and yeah. it doesn't really give you an adequate way of finding out where the next one might be so then it's the prospect of okay here's the entire game world i'm at 99 out of 100 and the game has decided not to tell me or even give me a clue as to where this thing could be that's a time investment yeah that's where you that's where i get burnt out it's Um, time not even playing the game it's time doing something so you can get to the good part yeah which sucks the best thing is it might not even be worth it oh yeah yeah 
Um, so I don't know. It's weird because I'm currently playing a game that I thought would have this with uh, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. but I haven't just because it's con- like there's things that will kind of help guide you as to where things might be. Like there are literal quests in the game that says, hey, go over there. I'm sure there's something over there. Or there's a, uh, I picked up the expansion pack and one of the things they added was this little mask that says, if you're wearing this, it will ping if there's one nearby, like a uh, oh, Korok seed, seed nearby. Yeah, Korok Seed. Mm. Um, and again, entirely optional. Uh, and like actually Zelda is a really good example of one that I never really had this problem with because you know exactly which collectibles are and what they do. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're heart containers. How do you know you're missing one? Well, the game has traditionally always had 20 hearts. So if you have 19 and you're about to fight Ganon, you're probably missing four. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and with the, uh, the Korok seeds, you know exactly what they do the moment you get one. Yeah. Or um, not exactly the moment, but like not, the yeah. guy is right there and says, I'll, here's what I'll do with them. If you find them, uh, it's actually, I think Nintendo's actually done a really interesting thing with the completionist angle mm-hmm. where they literally, they literally say, uh, Super Mario Odyssey is a good example. There are 900 moons in total. Holy you fuck. You only need like 500 to beat the game. Holy mm. fuck. 900 moons. Well, my Odyssey may not be a great example because they are literally everywhere. A better example might be uh, Super Mario Galaxy. If you yeah, want to yeah. beat the game, you only need 60 out of the 120 stars. You can pick which 60 you feel capable of doing. Right. You don't yeah, need the yeah. rest. And you know exactly where the rest are. So I guess I would call it completionist burnout, where the game almost wastes your time with you trying to do, like, fill out little checklists or then doesn't actually tell you what these things are or pads too much. Kind yeah, of like, when they leave what... Like, if, if a collectible specifically with collectibles in in a game like if there's nothing else attached to that collectible then you're waste it's it's a time waster it doesn't do anything um and i can imagine getting totally burned out just like collecting things for no reason yeah adam i have a question for you go ahead so to your point you you've played the metroid the metroid prime yes Mm -hmm. yes yeah okay we we have discussed this now at the end of metroid at the end of metroid prime there is this notoriously kind of annoying sequence where you're supposed to get all 12 of these artifacts in order to open a big portal right Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking about it and i'm thinking about what you said how do you think Mm. that would change that particular um weakness in the game if instead of having to find all 12 you only had to find like eight of them and you just had some bonuses lying around do you think hmm. i'm trying to think so actually what's interesting is uh I'll come back to this example. You know the Wind Waker HD when you had to do the uh, Triforce collecting? They actually toned down how many Triforce pieces there were because people were complaining that it took too long. Yeah. Uh, so I actually would almost see them doing something like, if you ever did a remake of Echoes or Prime, I could mm. see them doing something like that. But at the very least, like Prime will tell you kind of where they are. Yeah. Um, so it can be annoying, but it's not... I never found it as yeah, that's, annoying. Yeah, that's the other thing. If... If they tell you to go collect things that are hidden and then they give you no way of making that job easier on yourself, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but like, that's just an act here, of frustration. I would almost, ex- if they were to do something like, hey, you need the six uh, Chozo runes and there's actually 12, I think that could be fine. But then I'd also be curious if there was, like, I would expect some reason to get all 12 kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like you want are, some kind of reward for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is, like, in Mario uh, Galaxy and Odyssey, there is a reason to get everything, everything. You mm. just could see the re- the whole game 
if even if you don't and they're like little secrets or bonuses that you may not have gotten before but they're mm-hmm. like these are kind of like nifty bits huh. so yeah i mean yeah. i don't know yeah i mean in metroid like the so, higher percentage you got the more like concept art you ended up unlocking that was always yeah fun. I, I actually thought it was interesting in fusion they like if you enter a room with a uh power up there's a circle and i love fusion for this is that it would never tell you how to do it just that there was something there mm. and then once you got it it puts a giant x on the room and says there's there can only ever be one item in a room and once you got it it says that's it that that's the end of this room go somewhere else yeah, yeah. that's smart that's I really good like that. i do like that um uh, before we move on to our next i think i don't have any more examples do you guys i'm, I'm good yeah i'm kind of done with my uh, examples i Might think be time to like, I think our next question was some healthy ways to learn to love games. Uh, I actually wrote down the different kinds of burnout we discussed. So let me see if I missed any. We talked about hype burnout, kind of where you get yourself really worked up for a game. And then either the industry or another game comes out that kind of expects you to be hype all over. And you're like, no, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, That uh, that was Zach's Halo 4 example. Yeah. If I may. If I may. Uh So this question is... Uh, hi audience. Um, it's basically our design club, but not. Do we want to just make this our design club now? Yeah, let's um, just make it the design club. Uh, oh, is this the, 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 the 12 steps thing? Yeah, the 12 uh, steps yeah. program. I mean, it, okay. it feels pretty similar. Yeah. Um, uh, I was just going to finish. Let me just finish listing off these real quick. For sure, uh, for sure, for sure. We had <clears throat> Drew's disappointment burnout, kind of where you're, oh, God. you're tired of a game failing you too many times. <laughs> it's like the opposite of hype burnout. Yeah. Oddly enough, we have a lot of like almost contradict like parallels here. Uh, we have what I'd call content burnout, which is your like the Overwatch one or the FF14 one, where it's like I'm kind of done with this bit or or something. Mm-hmm. There's a financial burnout, um, and then there's a completionist burnout. I wouldn't even so, I wouldn't call it a a uh, financial burnout so much as an mm-hmm. upkeep burnout. So. I only wrote this down just because I know we were going to talk into the healthy ways, or I guess we're going to go right into the our design club of how do you kind of get back into gaming. Uh, those were the five kind of concepts we talked about before and how we might address them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, think that is an excellent way to approach our 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 questions i think that yeah. is an excellent way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um should we do a, should we ask anything or finish off anything before we jump into design club which we've effectively described now does anyone any thoughts no I, no I let's, let's get in all right. it all right then design club jingle okay <laughs> and i i do want to say this so hello everyone today's design club design a 12-step program to help get those who are burnt out on gaming back into the swing of gaming that's right yeah okay how jokey jokey can we be with this 12-step program i mean at all this right point... here's what you gotta do throw away all of your booze drunk <laughs> gaming's no good all right step two go buy some booze drunk gaming is fantastic <laughs> So wait, is step one buy the booze and step two pour the booze out? No, I don't even know if we're gonna do like the full twelve steps. No, just like what are some what are some things you can do kind of deal. Hmm. Well, like this goes back to your outlined your outlined uh, types though, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think if there is a social aspect to the game, bringing in that social aspect, ha- going there with people you know and people you like to talk to and hang out with, can get you back into the swing of things. Yeah, like, that's, that's that's such an easy way of doing it. 
that peer I would pressure. Say if the game, yeah, and this is this, I feel like this really only applies for any game that has a social. Like it's kind of harder to do as a single mm-hmm. player. But oh yeah. yeah, engaging it with. All right, let me put this: engaging specifically with your friends in the game will help your enjoyment a lot. Kind of like our Overwatch example of Zach and I's, where it's like, we have friends that play it. It's almost those people more than the game that we're here to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, uh, I'm trying to figure out, if I have these written down, I'm trying to figure out which which order I want to say. So I was going to say for a competitive game, since we're talking kind of about the, uh, we brought up Overwatch, is if you try playing a ga- like a character or a particular style you've never played before, that can sometimes get you back into the game. Where it's oh, like, yeah. maybe you're just kind of, like, if you've played tank all of your life, maybe try a healer or a DPS. All I am is a tank man. Yeah, I know. But, but you're talking about so, just mixing up your play style a little bit, doing something yeah. a little different. That's, yeah. that's mm. why I love Sombra. I love Sombra. Sorry, I have to go back to Overwatch. Well, <laughs> it's okay. Well, it's like it's like that Bob character, right? Like, he got so tired of uh, being the best at martial arts, he decided to gain a thousand pounds to give himself a challenge. It's like that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh but actually, to go back, that's kind of why I, I do really like Sombra. It's like, she's a unique play style. She is. And yeah, she's super unique. Where mm. I was saying with the mobility thing, it's like, you're taking all my play styles and making them too similar. Where's my unique thing? Yeah. Oh, so, God. Yeah, is that it, what's happening with Overwatch now? Because like when you said mobility and crowd control, I just thought it meant different types of abilities. I didn't oh, recognize God. that every let's, character let's, is the can same. We, yeah. Can we save well, this discussion of Overwatch hours. to after hours? After yeah. hours. My bad, but after yeah. hours. Friends or trying a new playstyle can help especially for social or competitive games hmm. uh, so have you got any ideas well see i'm i'm selfish and so i'm thinking of um the I, again it wasn't financial burnout it was more um upkeep burnout mm-hmm. um with that one it's weird because i know I, I think it's not just if we expand out of ddr and just think of like all the different like games that are effectively changing very commonly and you kind of got to be in it in order to care I'm wondering if if it would be wise to just maybe get caught up on like like you said the social element but maybe not playing socially but just sort of like seeing what's going on the dev side like i always find that part fascinating right just because mm-hmm. like you know you get to find out about the nuts and bolts and why they're doing what they're doing yeah. maybe if you had a better idea of why you had to do these extra things it would help right maybe and that's kind of where our um where like let's plays or streaming can help because it's like hmm. if you are having game burnout uh i read this off an article if you're having, if you in particular having game burnout, sometimes non like actively participating in the game can also kind of help you like reset yourself, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah. Like kind of what Drew is saying. If you're burnt out, it's like, oh my god, what is all this new raid gear, or what is all these things I got to do? It's like maybe just watching somebody sift through it, them for like who knows what they're talking about, um, can help you parse what's happening. Yeah, get you kind of like to interface yeah like caught up or sort of like um an example of someone having a great enjoyment of the game Hmm. maybe see seeing someone else be happy about it seeing someone else's smiling face actually let me tell you this uh when zach drew and josh were all playing a souls game at the same time that's when i started getting back into dark souls 3 because i was like well they're all having fun like and i remember having a lot of fun with this so fuck it i'm just gonna go in with like a different mindset and that's kind of its own step in its entirety play a, mm-hmm. like play a game with like a different mindset or something it's also Maybe. uh it's kind of like uh how i got into final fantasy 14 i was thinking about it as like a regular mmo because i played it way back um and i didn't like it that much as a regular mmo but then i went into it in the mindset i was just like 
I can play as guy who punches thing. I'm going to be man who punches things. Yes! And I, I just got really excited about the game. That's that's kind of how I got myself into the playing it to begin with. So I can yeah. see that being a really good method of getting people back into a game is to just go into it with the, uh, like, basically sort of hype yourself up on it or kind of like uh, find an aspect that is really enjoyable and just go straight for that. Yeah. Um, one thing I was I thinking, one thing I was mm-hmm. thinking, uh, and this may not work for everyone. I think you pointed out that when you read up on Berserk, you actually felt more burnt out on Dark Souls. But in in my case, I typically get more excited about something if I read more up on it, right? Like mm-hmm. finding mm-hmm. out about, you know, maybe not just the dev side of things, but like all the lore around, say, a Halo or a Half-Life or what have you. Like kind of digging in and like seeing fan theories and seeing where things could go or what's going on. That typically mm-hmm. like gets me more excited to go in and look for it myself. So yeah. maybe if you're just tired of the game itself, maybe you just look at a different element of it. Like you just pull back and don't play it, but you still kind of like enjoy the world and the artistry around it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I totally get sure. that. I, I think it's that, that concept of being able to enjoy a game without actually playing it kind of though, where if like you don't want to play the game yourself, but you still want to like, uh, like maybe there's a game that has like a ton of lore that you're like, I'll just read that. And that's how I will enjoy the game. Deal. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so... I guess moving on to another thing is I think in in I think in a good number of cases I think it's just totally fine to burn out on something and be like okay I think it's time to put this to rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, I actually think that's a good one as well. Like as Zach said, kind of being able to identify when are you done with a game, like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's kind of almost like the hard part of it because you want to be able to say no, I still love this, I still enjoy it. And it's like well. You do. You just kind of need a break from it. And mm-hmm. like, you may, you need a break or it's time to put it down and sort of like wait until look like wait until something maybe similar comes up that like 10 years down the road or something. Then then you no, go I, like, oh, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see that I have on my list of like ideas to get back in. I, I said, you know, breaks are always good and lets you kind of get you kind of pull back from the game and kind of see like what your kind of life was is without it kind of mm-hmm. deal yeah yeah and just kind of lets you refocus or recenter on maybe why you liked it or maybe and i feel like this is kind of be a hard thing to kind of say for some people is like maybe i don't actually like this as much as i think i'm trying to make myself like this yeah yeah because mm-hmm. uh, i definitely know like, there are some people oof. that are like i here i have an example uh there's a game called killer is dead that i really really wanted to like because it was by uh suda 51 it was the new hack and slash kind of no more hero style and i wanted to be all in in love with this game but like at some point i was like you know what i have to kind of pull back i liked it i don't like it that much kind of deal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have to be kind of okay with the fact that you don't like it as much as you were hoping mm, that your hype led you astray i see yeah. it, which one is killer is dead it's um uh that's the one it's all cell shaded. He's got the katana and the cyborg arm. Uh, it's very anime. I've probably shown it to you at one point. <laughs> I think uh, you have. I think you have. <laughs> it, it's actually been a while that I might be able to like pop that game back in. Be like, oh, hey, this is cool. But I know for a fact I'm going to hit one sequence where the controls don't feel right. Like, oh, that's gone again. Hmm. Uh, yeah. If I had to give another step for like kind of getting back into gaming out of a burnout, um, if you've taken a break or are coming back to it, sometimes, like, and we've talked about change your perspective, if you're playing a single player game, and I, I have to do this for myself a couple times, is try to just finish the main story. Like, oh, yeah. Focus on that first. And I know that's not always 
it's possible, hard. or and I'm not, I'm guilty of that. Like hell, I'm playing Breath of the Wild. The main story is all the hell way over there, but it's all still kind of connected to the main story. So I feel like I'm still doing stuff. But sometimes just focus on maybe the main or core component of the game instead of all the auxiliary bits around. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, like the auxiliary bits are usually way less developed than than the, like the core of the game, and so yeah. focusing but on my... just the core will get you probably the most bang for your buck, the best of the experience. Yeah. My anecdote yeah. would be um pretty recently, you know, um I was playing God of War, right? And mm-hmm. I had put it down for a couple of weeks, I think. And so I, I what I did is I said, "Okay, this is the day I'm going to this I'm going to make an event out of it. I'm going to play some God of War. I'm marking it down." Uh and I thought, "I'm going to beat the game because I feel like I'm really close to the end." And instead, I got I got caught up in like exploring and a side mission, and there's this whole side mission I didn't know existed and it's actually really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my plans just went out the window and I actually feel pretty good about it because the stuff I found was this really cool surprise and going back to nice. the game after so long I I was like genuinely impressed by it again and I yeah. thought that was really cool yeah. nice um so yeah I support what Adam's saying do what he said yeah he right no, I'm and... I also support it I support all of you uh this is a support group <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just gonna um... say if you're like me and this can sound worded weird if you feel like you you are trying to get all the completionist stuff, uh, I've kind of become into the opinion of I don't actually care if I have to look something up or if somebody has to. Like, there was a point in my life where it was really looked down on if, like, oh, you had to use a guide for this. And it's like, and now I'm at an age was like, you know what, fuck it. I, if I need to go look something up, I'm going to go look something up. I did, yeah. I did 38 out of 40. Those last two, fuck it. I'm going to go look this up because I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I am 100% with you on that. I, like, uh, Persona 5, I did so many of just, like, lookups because I just, mm-hmm. fuck it. It's, it's, I guess it's not even a burnout related thing necessarily, well, but it's definitely a, like, I don't feel like wasting my oh. time piddling about with this. Let me tell you an interesting story about Persona 5. Oh. Uh, as, a per- as a person with a completionist, the most relieving and greatest thing i ever heard about persona 5 was you can't do everything in one year and for whatever reason that relieved me to such a or like an order that i didn't realize like when you play persona 3 it is very easy to just fuck yourself over and you can't do this thing anymore yeah and four has it to a lesser degree five just comes out and says trial you want your new your first run you can't do everything except that, that is... now. and it was like oh hey okay. adam uh-huh that's not actually true Oh, uh, I know. There's like there are steps you can do to get everything in it's, one year. You you can't do it, but you I it's either you follow the guide mm-hmm. or yeah, well, you're not going to finish it in one I year. Guess that's like there's a specific guide that... to do it to do it, but uh, if you uh, if you don't follow that specifically mm-hmm. on like step by step. But I consider that like yeah, that's like following a guide and I know I just say following a guide, but like I wanted to play it just like as like blind as I could. And I did look some stuff up. But it was yeah. like, it felt nice to know. It was like, yeah, the game is kind of flat out telling you, you're not going to, unless you do these exact one by one steps, which I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. you can't do that. And it felt nice to know. It's like, okay, most of this stuff does have value and it is worth kind of going. And you kind of go with the understanding of you will be able to complete the game not having done absolutely everything kind of deal. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that idea. Uh, but that's kind of it for me on step. Mm. Uh, you guys got any other ideas? Uh, I, I, I I'm pretty seen- good. I think at this point we've given everyone the tools they need to get back to that game of their choice. And if they don't want to go back, that's okay too. It's your life. Mm. Do as you will. Um, Live and learn! Yeah, 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 yeah! 
Um, pour outs, y'all. Let's do some toast uh, and pour outs and pour outs. cap this sucker uh, off. Who's who's got a drink they want to spill? Uh, uh, trying to think. I want to pour one out for Gears. Mm. Gears of War. Gears of or War. Gears or just Gears in general, like in a. <laughs> just, uh, They're both. pretty great. They're pretty great. Uh, I'm gonna pour one out for for Gears of War. I liked that game. After two, I stopped liking that game. No. Um. No. And it's just like, that's my burnout story with Gears is, is, I liked one, I liked two, I stopped liking it after that. That's fair, um, that's fair. But I'm also going to give a pour out to just Gears. Sometimes, Gears, sometimes you grind my Gears. Ooh, oh. I hate when that <sighs> See, Oof. all that time they were grinding your Gears, now you and your MMO are grinding for gear. No! <laughs> God damn it, Adam. Um, I got a toast. I got a toast. I would like to give a toast off to our boy Amir. He has aged once again, oh, and I yeah. wish him the best. So. Happy birthday, Amir. Was hanging out with that dude one. literally <laughs> yesterday. And Drew, it's a good thing you skipped out on the party because we went back to my place and played Magic for like four hours. Ah, that's the magic. magic. I'm burnt out on. I'm we also saw the movie. We also saw oh, the yeah. movie, but that's what we did afterwards. Mm, fair enough. Uh, I have a toast to. Actually, I have a couple. I have actually all toasts today. No pour outs. No drinks are spilled. Yeah. Uh, one, I have a toast to Metroid. Uh, Metroid Fusion in particular. I really do like how they did their pickup system. Like, I think that's probably the best way of doing that version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a toast to the house with the clock in its walls. Ooh. Guys, if you need a movie to watch this Halloween, that's like Boo Haunted House the movie. Like, really? That's a really good Halloween movie. I mean, it also has I, Jack Black, which is a I plus. Like him. It is. I, I like yeah. him in that one. So yeah. here's the thing. Um, I actually really liked the book when I was a kid. I just wasn't sure if the movie was like, you know, for me, since it's, you know, supposed to be for younger audiences as far as Well, I let me tell you, I didn't mm-hmm. read the book. That movie was delightful. Oh, good. Oh. Oh, nice. good. I'll check it out. I'll give it a look. That sounds awesome. I'm happy. I'm really happy about that. That makes me happy. Fantastic. Thanks, man. And I had another toast. I have a toast. What's that? Well, oh, what? Why me? Zach, you've made my my uh, first debut in D&D delightful. Thanks, Zach. Oh, right. <laughs> I fucking forgot. <laughs> um, yeah. At some point in our after hours, me and Zach, uh, I may give a update <laughs> on our adventures in zach's mega dungeon yeah that that could be a segment that could be a whole thing <laughs> but yeah i i recently started trying out some D, and zach and uh, the group have been super helpful uh getting me all figured out and zach helped me make my character vernon the hellhound wick yeah so i'm enjoying I, that that was, that was it's been it's it's enjoyable to have your character there <laughs> um, don't you dare ever kill my character the audience will hear about it i will i will say that now that you've joined the party npcs i I can't add NPCs to the group anymore because I'm balancing around four. <laughs> so, like, it's going to make interesting things, essentially. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Well, there's uh, there's just one thing left, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Well, hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson, if you're going to start a map, you should also finish it. And that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Wow, that's about commitment. Mm, Got to be committed. Got to be committed. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in once again. Hope you had a great time hearing us. Uh, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, or you know anything cool like that, you can always reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. This week's music is by Pro Leader. Always good. Check them out. 
We will be back soon enough with a surprise episode. You're just going to have to wait and see. Maybe stalk us on social media if you want. We're not going to complain unless it gets weird. And, um, yeah. I mean, if it was weird, I don't think we complain that much. I'm calling the police. Mm, Oh, well, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) All right. Well, listeners, um, have fun. Have a great day. And if you want to stick around, uh, we're going to go upstairs for a little nitwick after hours. Mm. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Cool people come with us. Do we actually have anything to talk about in the after hours? I got lots of things to talk about in the after hours. Well, you know. Also, I just realized one of my examples I forgot to bring up. Have y'all fucks ever tried to collect all 150 or hell all 800 Pokemon? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Don't. No. I just realized that's like uh, my cousin was talking to me about that because I told him about the episode and he's like, he's like, have you ever tried to collect all the Pokemon? It's like, no. Who would do that? Yeah, Tis a fool's errand. Like, Tis oh, a fool's no. errand. It is. You'll never it be is. done. They'll just add more. They'll just add yeah. more Pokemon every year. And they'll add a hundred. It's like guys. Gen 9 is going to have 900 Pokemon. Uh, yeah, there's going to be lots of Pokemon. Yo, did you see the new Pokemon that is literally a, like, a fucking puddle of goo and a screw on top? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that was a weird one. Man, yeah, was that really a Pokemon, stupid. or was I, or was that a Ditto at this point? Like, I, I heard it was maybe... No, when you caught it, it became a Ditto, but it's a, it's a teaser for a new Pokemon. That's weird. Meltan, it's a legendary steel uh, electric Pokemon. I feel like at this point, they're just tired. Like, they just have sketchbooks full of random stuff, and they just pull a couple every so often. (sighs) What the fuck? Okay, so I looked up Meltan, Mm M-E-L-T-A-N, and I got got a picture of a professor next to a Meltan, or next to a picture of a Meltan, and then two Meltan pictures, and then Asian women in sports bras. Zach, I feel like... This is a, a wild new world I'm in. I didn't know this was going to happen. Is... Pokemon takes its dark turn into the dark web. What uh, is the greatest Pokemon in... of all? Someone Bad. in MMA is named Meltan, and she is uh, uh... models a lot. Zach, get off the internet. Look this I up. see. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, there it is. Drew, did you have anything to chat about in our after hours nitwick wit nickening? Yeah, I, um, let's see here. Um, I start a new job tomorrow, and I'm very excited. Yes! But I got some time off, and for those who are wondering, I went ahead and did a little bit of of this and that. Um, went to Sonoma, went to Big Sur with my brother, uh, went to the zoo, went to the zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. It's been good, and I'm really excited to, uh, to start this new one off. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a good, I think it's gonna be a good (laughs) changeup. I think it's gonna be a good changeup. You know, it's Um, probably gonna be better than whatever you had before. Uh, yes, I would say it's just, that's By setting way, a low bar, but you know. That's, that's what I mean, like. Uh, not apropos to anything, there is a picture in the Nitwick chat that I keep seeing that keeps destroying me every time I look over at it. Which oh, one? it's the fucking. Well, Virgil, I made it despite your terrible <laughs> directions. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I mean, you posted that, I love I it. Know, it's I know, I love it. Uh, um, oh, lordy, lordy. talk about, um. Uh, Devil may, Devil may cry. Devil may cry. Oh, yeah. I guess oh we could God. talk about that. Uh, I mean, but... like, there's other things. There's also the, like, uh, we mentioned we'd save Overwatch discussion for after hours. Oh, yeah. And then there's uh, talking I... about D&D. <laughs> I guess, like, 
kind of keep it. I guess we'll kind of briefly talk about Overwatch for a minute, just not to not so we don't alienate Drew out of it. Right. Oh, right. uh, you know, go for it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm trying to remember the context. The con- oh, it was about CC and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And like balancing, and it was just like, and this is kind of my point before Drew, where in my personal opinion, um, I feel like Overwatch is be- like is becoming very reliant. Uh, not so much like it's becoming really reliant on like crowd control and giving everybody a movement option mm. and this is kind of where i was saying before where i feel like in in how overwatch is played mobility is king so everybody's gonna have to get one at some point to be i guess relevant and like right that's I, just kind of how it feels to me i suppose the thing i i would say to that mm-hmm. is that mobility has always been king in overwatch it has but not everybody had it right it, well i mean was, yeah sometimes you needed lucio to go boost you yeah so what i guess what i'm saying is mobility yeah you're absolutely right by the way and i 100 percent agree with you mobility has always been king in it but yeah. it was never as as dominant the ability to have an ability that made you more mobile was not as widespread nor was the ability to just stuff abilities like like mccree always had his flashbang yeah always been there. he was like the only one that had it until brigitte showed up and now there's two characters you could run with what is ostensibly kind of the same deal um sombra has her hack and they've they've switched that around where it now knocks out even more yeah but i guess i'm not nearly as annoyed about sombra's hack because it's because she's just so damn goddamn unique by comparison well, to everybody else like and from a player's perspective as soon as i hear that little computer ticking noise i know i have I have to do something or like turn around and do something. But McCree right. or Brigitte can just literally walk up to you and on a in an instant disable you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is weird because I'm also super annoyed by May, who also like you do have a second, but May's been there forever. No. I mean, I, I guess May's crowd control is that now she can hit multiple targets. Yeah, that's, that's... the thing. It used to, it used to be just the one, mm-hmm. but now she... and mind you, mind you, people whined about the one. Yeah. Oh, being too prevalent. People no, nobody complained about May being too prevalent, especially at the higher levels, um, because she just doesn't come up that often. Uh, people people complain about people at like our level complain like crazy about May because, or at least they used to, because people would play May and then just be massive trolls, and you you know you would just freeze and die. Everyone feels really frustrated when you're frozen by a May. Yeah, I think the thing is with May is you just have to sit there and take it kind of deal. And that's the same for all crowd control deals. Uh, uh. You just have to kind of sit and take it. With May, I feel, and again, personal opinion on how to balance it, is that uh, I don't feel like she should get be able to get ping off two headshots and just insta-kill you. I feel hmm. like you should unfreeze after that first one to, like, have a second to retaliate. Like, Wait, what? Get me, she, yeah. can get, she can get two pings after she freezes you? Yeah, you can freeze and then, light, if you're quick enough, light one, two. Wow, holy you. shit. I've only ever been able to get one. It's usually because you're dead by the time that first one comes off. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, if you're uh, frozen and then she, like, and somebody comes over and hits you, at least to me, I feel like that should cancel out the CC and I should be able to go do something. Because, like... Yeah, damn, it should break the freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's kind of like a trade-off of, okay, I've stunned them so they can't move. Don't... Like, Anna's grenade, like, sleep dart. Right, like, sleep dart. I feel like... I feel like Maze Free should work like Anna's sleep dart, where once you get the hit, it's a trade-off of guaranteed damage or keep them there. You don't get both kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But I also agree. I personally think people group too much about CC. Where oh my God. I'm more like, 
By the way, Drew, just so you know, maybe it is a good thing to stop playing Overwatch. There's some salty ass motherfuckers. Oh I my mean, god, there's so much that, salt. I think that's part of it. Is like you either become angry and really invested, or you say, "Well, fuck this. I don't want to." And I kind of land in that camp. Like, yeah, I've definitely been in games where like people are freaking out too much, and I'm just like, "I, you, you need to stop." The, my I, friend of I, mine, I, my friend, uh, I think it was Cameron. Mm. He pointed out, um, we found this one guy who was just, he was too pissed off, right? And this is way back when, when I actually played Overwatch. But mm. um, the trick was to just respond to everything they said with K. And we had a group of five people. And every time he said anything, it was just a chat, like, attack of, okay, K, K, yeah. K. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Well, I the thing is we... that we have salty people in the voice chat. Yeah, I mean, see, oh. like, that's the thing is, like, I I understand the aggression and the competitive nature of it. That's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. But I I just like I'm not that kind of personality. Like, I am I am a complete goof troop if I'm doing multiplayer online. <laughs> single player, oh yeah, single player. I become angsty. I become invested. But if it's a yeah. group of friends, like for some reason, like I go the exact opposite direction. Yeah. Well, it's because you kind of go in and you're like, I want to enjoy this game, but then people like. Zach, this happens. This happened a couple times where in our group where it's like, all right, y'all are getting a little too into it, so I'm gonna dip out because I generally try not to get too salty. I will get very salty at a May that's being dominant. Like yeah. that's my, I guess, quote unquote, trigger character where it's like trigger character. Oh May. yeah. Can we just can, that is that is a beautiful episode idea by the way. Can we have a, a something called trigger character? <laughs> I feel Things like about a mini. I feel yeah, like a mini, maybe like a full episode on like. A specific thing that like just Actually, sets you off in a game that could be interesting uh even if it like like just kind of did we ever do an episode about being salty in games we, we did. did we did yeah i think we did oh yeah. man if we ever do an i feel like we could do a mini on just like okay think of a character think of a character that should be cool but there's something about them you just hate yeah mm-hmm. like i'm trying to think of it now honestly. like may like- aka the devil yeah, sorry. Just... Uh, but yeah, th- that's kind of my take on Overwatch and kind of why I'm getting burnt out on it. Where it's like, man, mobility used to be a everybody it used to be a very kind of rare thing and made certain characters unique. Now everybody's getting one. So it's like, Jesus, everybody's booping and bopping and bop it, twist it, pull it. <laughs> God damn Actually it! Actually, sounds like a fun game. Now that you're talking about it like Shut that. Shut the fuck up, Drew! Don't say it like that. <laughs> This uh, is not an investment of Overwatch. This was a damning. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah, be on later tonight. Yeah, I mean yeah. to talk I, about how bad I, it is, right? Um, Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I interrupted. So yeah, moving on from the Overwatch, I would like to respond. Oh, well, I guess I wanted to hear your opinions on on session last Wednesday. Oh, so um. Sorry, okay, Drew. I'm sure. really sorry, Drew. This is more just me and Adam talk to each other. That's all uh, right. Well, Drew and I will get our uh, our interesting. We'll probably have our DMC talk, talk real quick because you might be interested in this one. It's right. like some weird controversy. Okay. Uh, so the other last Wednesday was my first session being able to join Zach's D and D Mega Dungeon, and I mean, this was the first time I'd ever u- I'd been in a like a big D and D session like this. Uh, most of the time, I, I had been given like a pre-filled out character sheet and said, "Here, go nuts." Uh, so it's actually really helpful to sit down with Zach and kind of figure out and build out the character. I think what? it also doubly helped that. 
for this campaign, it's like, yeah, I have the backstory and what's going to happen to you. You just think of some nice flavor text for your character, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, thank God. I don't have to think of an entire arc for this character because I don't know what's happening. It's true. I did write your arc. Although you could have put a, an arc into your character's backstory and you would have also been able to do that. So mine, my character will have a bit of an arc in the memories he gets but i also didn't want that to conflict with whatever arc you that i had so that i had set up he, yeah he kind of, he'll kind of have his outside arc and inside arc kind of yeah thing. no that's and that's true for all the characters and i actually i like that dynamic um and yeah it, it's just it's something i did to set up the uh, game but i wanted to give three things three things i i liked one uh roll 20 was much easier to use than i was expecting and it was really nice to actually have actual like tokens and tiles on the board i have played sessions before where it is literally just pen and paper and i have gotten uh people like adam you're not that close you have to move forward it's like what how the fuck am i supposed to know we're not drawing it anywhere yeah no having having the board especially for uh like like specifically for combat that's where you need the board everywhere else you kind of don't need it mm. uh but yeah roll 20 is amazing for that as uh, just as a tool two i i like that everybody was very casual i for whatever reason was really concerned that i was walking into a very very hardcore role-playing group it was like what oh, okay i need you I, just to pause I, for a I, moment uh-huh because like you knew short drew was part of the group i did in what way did you think he was gonna go fucking hard on the whole role-playing aspect i don't know for whatever reason i really thought uh bazil or and sam might be like super into the role-playing aspect of it i know short drew i think it's short drew might i actually expected bazil to be way more into the role-playing aspect he can i I, I, I just, know. I do want to clarify, oh. he fucking can. <laughs> oh, I know he probably can. It was like, I don't know what group I was wandering into. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, Like, he ran a Dungeon World campaign, and if you start asking us... Uh, no, not a Dungeon World campaign. He, he ran an Apocalypse World campaign, and that campaign was fucking nuts. He went, he went full... He went mostly in on that one, and that was... It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, you... You'd have to be somebody who played games before to do that, but yeah. And then the last thing I really enjoyed was just kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe this. It was like everybody was super chill and knowledgeable, but it was also like the bit of the story we did was like a nice chunk. It was like, oh, hey, this mm -hmm. is a nice introductory segment. Here's some combat. Here's some stuff. Don't worry about it. Roll 20 has set all of this stuff up for you. So, yeah. Drew and Zach, a toast to Roll 20. You've got some <laughs> toast to roll 20. You've got some weird PR shenanigans going on at the moment, but um a toast. A useful what do you mean tool. Weird PR? Indeed. Like, I, I don't know. I've always thought I've always heard that roll 20 is pretty solid, but that's cuz I always uh, hear about it from Zach. They had is... some it I I don't pay attention to their PR at all, which is why I don't have any problems. Well, I I only found out about it recently cuz I guess like what happened was this guy had a username that was similar to a known troll and he got banned and he said hey hey can i can i come back in can i come back in and he says okay we just found out you're not this person but you also harassed us so no i was like what the hell i was trying to get support mm, did yeah. he like actually like send death threats or anything or was it no like, no no, no, like, no hey he, um why is this going on no that's kind of shady that's kind of shitty he posted screenshots of the letters he sent he was perfectly reasonable throughout the entire uh, okay. process all right fair enough fair enough mm. all right um yeah. I'm trying to think if we had any oh my god that's so weren't far away my dude what's what? so far away and weren't you guys gonna talk about dmc we are uh sorry i got a um he's figuring out dinner plans what the... sorry okay. i got a really weird email uh 
There was a some guy, and I, I don't know why I clicked over there. Uh, yeah, I guess we could talk about Drew. Did you want to go over what we talked about? Uh, I mean, ah. Eh, like I, my anger is gone. Like if you yeah. want to dive into it, go for oh, it. <laughs> we, so there was some weird controversy thing going on with one of the, uh, with some stuff from DMC five, uh, about one of the songs being used, but pretty much a uh, new song came out for Dante's battle theme. One, it's not nearly as good as Nero's Two, the artist who is in that band was like, has been, I think like accused or found guilty of, kind of doing like a sexual harassment of an under underage person so it's like oh, capcom why did you use this group oh god yeah that's, fair, the story that's broke good. when the song released or a little earlier and it kind of like swum up because the song was received so poorly so it's like hey what's the deal on this band oh look at this recent controversy where they were asking for illicit pictures of an underaged fan so it's like, oh my like god this. capcom <laughs> abort mission and capcom said right oh aborting mission and the song is not on internet it's like wow that was quick yeah they took it down real quick you can still find it online if you hunt but um that's if you want to do that not worth it not worth it i'm honest the song's kind of terrible i mean you know again like if there are good bits in it i think it can be salvaged it's just a matter of like the there is some vocal components that do not work for me whatsoever and again this 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 ickiness with the band itself is like oh i don't i don't know if i want that that sucks it mm. does it does nice. yeah that's that's kind of all uh i think that's everything i was going to talk about uh, yeah um else, or are we, we ready I, to leave this this place i have I'm one good. last thing i want to mention oh, yeah yeah i started playing city skylines and it's really fucking cool that's all yay nice. thank you, city awesome skyline. thank you city skylines today's, today's pod- podcast is sponsored by city skyline well not can it all though right. i want a money it's not one day we'll get them sponsors one day one day we'll get a real sponsor. one day we'll get them sponsors and they'll be like whoa who the fuck is sponsoring us get out of here yeah it's uh... we'll have all a right. secret pile of money all right we're running out of steam so i think we'll call it for this evening though yeah i think so adios everybody later Bye, everybody. goodbye Bye. number two i suppose later <laughs>